Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, as yours, This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Major Spoilers podcast is sponsored in part by the Mid-Ohio Con, October 3rd and 4th in Columbus, Ohio. For more information, visit midohiocon.com. The show is also sponsored in part by Past Generation Toys. Past Generation Toys has a large selection of Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and Marvel toys. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. Weekend edition! That's right, or again, it depends on when you listen. We try to, right now, we're trying to get out to a week uh, because we can. Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't, but we figure, hey, if you can get twice as much Matthew, then your week is fulfilled. If you can get twice as much Matthew, you obviously have a full-size sedan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy! All Weekend right. edition. Uh, let's see what do we got here. I'm trying to go through. I thought this week I we would go through 80s. and we would go and look at some of our recent listener emails. Uh, boy. but we don't have any. I don't have any. Okay. No word association. Go. Well, I had something here and then I lost it. Um. Meanwhile, okay, here we go. While Steven looks at his email, Rodrigo and I will discuss the works of Mika Tan. Oh, man, Mika wow. Tan. We can't let Steven out of that. <laughs> okay, hi, Steven. I like your podcast, especially since I live in a town that's over 100 miles and a major mountain range away from a comic book store. I've been able to get my hands on quite a few books and graphic novels I might otherwise have missed thanks to your review reviews and recommendations. On your latest podcast, you discuss Cowboys and Aliens, a series I did miss. The concept of aliens in the Old West isn't new. Discounting the Day of the Gun episode of the original series of Star Trek, I refer you to the ace paperback novel The Andromeda Gun, which was published around 1972 and has since been out of print. If you can find a copy, it's an entertaining read where an alien energy being whose species has uh, been mistaken for angels and such throughout human history crash lands in the Old West and to keep from dying, the alien fuses the first human host uh, that happens along who happens to be a stagecoach robber. Ooh, sounds interesting. Have you read this, Matthew? It sounds familiar. Doesn't He doesn't say who it is. But he goes on and on and on. Can't say much more without giving the story away, but I've always hoped the book might someday come back into print. A fun read, if you can try, from Scott. Hmm. What would happen? You know what's, Go ahead. What's interesting to me is he references uh, Spectre of the Gun, mm-hmm. which was a Star Trek episode from, I think, 67? Probably. It should be noted that in 66, Doctor Who did a sequel or a a series, a four-part serial called The Gunfighters, which likewise took place about or during the gunfight at the the OK Corral. The the Doctor Who version, he was actually there, 
mind you. But uh, it was interesting that, you know, he mentioned that, and the first thing that popped into my head was, didn't they do that on Doctor Who? Is that the episode where they had to save Lincoln's life? Which one? The Star Trek episode. No, Spectre of the Gun is one of the third season episodes. They beam down to planet Melkosia, I think. <laughs> and they end up on Melkosia, and Hell the Melkosians are super powerful telepaths. Oh, and okay. they, they trap them in this illusion, yeah? So that they're like, they're stuck, and they are the Clantons. They're the oh, loose yeah. Half. All right. And they are about to die. And at the end of the episode, there's this gorgeous moment where they're all standing there ready to be gunned down. And Doc Holliday and the Earps come forward, and Spock explains to them that the laws don't apply. This is all an illusion. So they just stand there, and the gun. The other guys pull their guns and shoot and shoot and shoot, and it just tears up the fence behind them. Mm-hmm. But the crew just stands there. It's like Kirk and Spock and McCoy and um, Chekhov, I think. Lincoln no, and Genghis Khan. No, Lincoln and Sarek were in a different episode. <laughs> thank you very much. That was not Melkosia. I believe that was, was Gamma, Gamma Regula 1. Mel- 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 <laughs> yes, it was Melmac. The no planet problem. <laughs> Hello, past people. Recently, you I listened to your podcast about Disney buying Marvel. While I agree with almost everything that was said, I feel I have to respectfully disagree with Matthew regarding Diamond. I think the comment that was made was that uh, Disney has its own publishing arm, therefore Disney could take Marvel over to its own publishing, which would be the end of Diamond, and Matthew said, no way, Jose. Or, if, if I remember correctly. Um, so, uh, people, if you're going to use a fake name, don't use your real email address. Rufus <laughs> Jenkins, Rufus Jenkins, a.k.a. J., uh, says, back when Marvel left Diamond in the 90s, Diamond was able to continue thanks to a large part into DC and Dark Horse. However, this was back when issues of Superman or Spawn were selling 100,000 copies or more. Today, if a comic sells 30,000 uh, 30, copies in a month, that would be considered a huge success. In my opinion, if Marvel were to leave Diamond, then I believe Diamond would have a hard time staying in business. Regardless of who's right, what do you guys think would happen if Diamond were to fold? Mm-hmm, and he's got another follow-up question on this. What would you guys think would happen if Diamond were to fold? Rodrigo? I think Penguin would jump all over whatever was uh, falling around. Okay. Matthew? I think I can put this in, in Stephen perspective by saying, If you strike me down, I shall rise <laughs> up more powerful than you ever imagined. All right. If Diamond, if Diamond goes down... Something else will rise up. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I I think, though, that what we would see, unfortunately, there's a great post you guys have to go search on the web uh, from one of the big Disney uh, shareholders or executives. It was posted, I think Rich Johnston had had it up on his site on bleedingcool.com. Uh, this great interview where they're one of the heads of, of Warner Brothers is talking about, you know, we sold off the time publishing division a long time ago or some such uh, extent of that. I don't know what DC would do. I'm sure they would have to form their own publishing arm to get the comics into people's hands. You know, um, the smaller publishers, I think they would just start, you know, what did we have before Diamond? What were the, the, the distributors before Diamond, Matthew? Well, let's see. DC was actually distributed, um, well, when Marvel started out, it was distributed by essentially DC or National Periodical, I think. Right. In a way, sort of which is why Marvel had to do such weird things back in the day with, you know, launching and relaunching series. 
Um, comic book distribution right now, though, is a very different beast because in those days before, you know, Diamond, they were distributing to Kresge's and B. Dalton's and right. other things that don't exist anymore. Uh, B. Dalton does too exist. <laughs> and now the direct market specifically deals with, you know, a network of what? A couple, maybe seven, ten, fifteen thousand comic stores, mm -hmm. tops. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if Diamond goes down, well... First of all, I don't know that Diamond would go just... They're, you know, I don't know if they'll go either, but they are really having some financial difficulties. Well, and that can happen, but I think what will happen is if Diamond actually goes down, what we'll see is someone purchasing Diamond's existing system, basically purchasing the ways and means of distribution mm -hmm. and becoming a new version of Diamond. Prior but, to 1996, or I guess Diamond at one point acqu acquired its rival distributor, Capital City Distribution. So there were some other distributors out there. Yeah, there were. It's not as though Diamond has always been a monopoly. Right. right. But I think even Capital City postdates the direct market, meaning mm -hmm. that I'm not sure before, excuse me, before the direct market what actually happened. Because I know one of the things that you will see if you look in the Overstreet price guide the way I do, which means <laughs> weekly for hours, You'll see things like what we'll say, thirty-five cent variant. You'll right. never see a thirty-five cent variant, or you'll almost never see a thirty-five cent variant in the Midwest. They were all done on the coasts, right? And you'll see, you know, distribution issues from when these comics were distributed. Some of them were distributed strangely, you know, because of the way that comic distribution actually worked. Um, I know Charlton Comics had a weird distribution scheme where you'd find Charlton in like military PXs and mm -hmm. you'd find Charlton in like like a Kreskies. But if there weren't a Kreskies or a PX around, you might not see a Charlton comic for ten, you know, right. fifteen months. Right. When I was a kid, I know that I would go back and forth from the um the pump and the, the gas and sip, basically, I can't remember. It was like the pump and pantry on the north end of town and S and S um, no, I think that place got shut down because you're actually that stuff's not legalized in Kansas. You can't go to a pump and pantry anymore. Oh, okay. Right. I think you're thinking of Hayes. I'm talking about Beloit. Oh, okay. Uh, the pump and pantry was up on, uh, right next to the grade school. And then S&S Drugs was downtown and you would go back and forth. And I remember trying to pick up a complete set of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. Oh, I remember that. Issue 5 appeared at one, issue 6 appeared at the other, issue 7 didn't show up at all, issue 8 showed up at both. But it wasn't, even if it was Thursday, which used to be comic book day, strangely. Well, here even for if us. It was, if it was Thursday, delivery day, you know, when I was growing up, you wouldn't necessarily see the same thing at two different stores. Right. You know, I remember buying Ghost Rider number 81 at S&S Drugs. But I had to buy 80 somewhere else entirely because it didn't show up at either location. So, I mean, before the direct market, it, it's so different as to not even be really a comparison for me. I would say I'm, I'm somebody that certainly does not like monopolies. But knowing what Gulliver's went through before Diamond really became the only distributor, I can't imagine the nightmare of trying to order comics from 10 different distributors yeah. in a single month. 
if Diamond were to close, I'm sure that 10 more distributors would pop up, each one specializing in, we're going to specialize in Boom and, and Dynamite, we're going to specialize in DC, we'll pick up Marvel, we'll do this, and it's going to be a nightmare for the uh, for the uh, the direct market comic book shop. Now, granted, Diamond might fold, everybody might go over to digital, and we just download them from iTunes. I doubt that that'll happen. This wouldn't happen because Diamond folded. I mean, it, it might it might put it a lot of pressure yeah. on them, but up until everybody perfects that, there would be this limbo mm-hmm. in which some would just be like, "Okay, well, let's buy out this other publisher and this will or this other distributor," and you know, Marvel might get Marvel distribution, mm-hmm. but DC is like, "No, we're just gonna outsource it," and you know, Dynamite and Boom do their own thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's Rufus slash J has a second question. He goes, also, I don't remember hearing anyone mentioning this, but prior to buying Marvel, Disney had purchased cross-gen properties. What do you guys think of the possibility of seeing a return of the cross-gen characters or even the cross-gen universe itself? Um, You guys can answer this because I don't know anything about cross-gen or the Marvel or anything. Was the cross-gen universe that one where everybody had a magic yin-yang? What? Okay. Everyone, Everyone had a super sigil. I was not a cross-gen reader. There were a few cross-gen comics that I liked. I liked Ruse, which was essentially a Sherlock Holmes story. I liked The Crossovers, which was pretty much just a parody. And I couldn't really get deeply into, you know, Sojourn and the other one. um, Sigil. Sigil. There was Sojourn. There was Sigil. They all had really interesting names. Yeah. And I got to tell you, the way they were collected and put together was fabulous. But um, but they had magic yin yangs. They yes. had magic yin yangs. Everyone I will had a say magic this, yin-yang. and I don't mean this to be as incredibly insulting as this is going to sound. I can't even tell you about cross gen because honestly, truly, all of my cross gen comics went in the fifty cent bin several years ago. If they're still in there, I have not seen them. Cross gen was one of those things where it's like, oh, here is a really good idea, except for the fact that it's a terrible idea. Yeah. You know, it's like, here's, um, like, an idea that is very rich. is like, let's create a whole multiverse in one go. Yeah. It's fantastic. But you can't sell it. I mean, you are banking on, like, seven titles. And oh, yeah, all working. All, all yeah, at yeah. once. Yeah. And they didn't. And unfortunately, not only that, but a couple of them, like, none of them were really stellar. Mm-hmm. To the point where at least one of them could have survived, but you know, eventually, I think, um, I think even not—I don't know if right now, but for a while, they actually went to just printing a cross-gen. Right, I do like, remember that uh, book. Right, that was maybe a little bigger. Um, that just had multiple. That just had all the stories, kind of as a serial, like uh, broken down into chapters, into chapters, yeah. kind of stuff. All right. So, do you think we'll ever ever see the resurrection of cross-gen? Probably. Did you say Marvel picked it up? Disney. D- oh, Disney okay. bought the cross-gen properties. Um, I would not have a problem with seeing cross-gen come back under different management because cross-gen had a, a, a decent thought process behind it, which was kind of like Virgin Comics a couple of years ago. Let's do comic books that aren't necessarily about superheroes and costumed adventurers. And let's, let's instead do a-, do a story that no one can freaking understand, and we'll call it Jenna Jameson's Hunter, okay. Viper, Shadow Hunter. Killer Monster. Shadow, Shadow Hawk Star, man. You Rip shut claw. your lying mouth. <laughs> no. Uh, 
Well, we see cross, what happened to Virgin. Cross so. Gen, cross Gen was a noble failure, more noble than many comic book failures. So I wouldn't have a problem seeing it come back, so long as it came back in a manner that didn't require me to have read all of the previous Cross Gen comics to love it. Oh, I think that's probably a given. Someone's going to have to reboot that, reboot mm-hmm. that universe. Well, first of all, you got to buy back all the magical yin yangs because I think they sold them all to like Third Planet and various head shops around the world. Phil Askew, or I'm sorry, Philip Askew, writes in and says, "Hey guys, I just listened. I just read a Q and A with Dan DiDio, and one of the and one of the answers." Uh, let's see, the one dealing with the ups and downs of the Green Arrow Black Canary book got me thinking. Do you guys think when something is clearly not clicking with fans and the numbers have dropped as far as they have, should the creative team be f- pulled off the book or should you wait it out to see where things are going like he, s- like he seemed to want the reads to do? That doesn't last. The, the, last like, bit doesn't. Like he wanted the read, like the oh, deal wanted the readers to do. Okay. Like right. hang out. Oh, hang out. Hang out, book. Just hang out, guys. Okay. It's going to get better. All right. So that's Philip Askew asking, should we yank the creative team? Or do we just tell everybody to wait it out? Um, I'm of the thought that, like, I've gone to watch movies, mm-hmm. and then, like, especially on TV. Like, a movie will come on and be like, oh, man, this is this movie that people seem to like. Mm-hmm. And within Wolverine ten... Origins. Uh, maybe. Okay. And within 10 minutes, I'm bored. And I'm like, seriously, this... And, and I'll stop watching, and people will be like, well, what'd you think? It's like, oh, I turned it off in 10 minutes. And they're like, oh, man, you gotta hold on. I think, especially nowadays with, like, the way that entertainment is, it mm-hmm. is the writer's responsibility to hook me on the first issue. Right. Like, seriously, do you expect me to pay 3 to $5 every month? And wait 20 and issues wait, before it gets like, yeah. So I'm, I'm paying 15 bucks to get, you know, issue number two. Which will finally be the good one. I mean, I'm basically paying 15 bucks of exposition. No mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. So you think yank yank the creative team and yank the creative team as a as a consumer. If you don't like it, stop buying it. Right. And that'll send a message to the publisher. Well, you know that obviously worked for the Flash when they did the um, the Bart Allen as the Flash, and people hated those. And so then they had to bring in uh, Mark Wade to kind of rewrite that. And that tanked, too. And that tanked, too. And so they had to say, oh, wait, let's bring back Wally West. And let's give him some kids. And that kind of... Tanked, tanked, tanked too. too. And, and then let's they bring back, back Barry Allen. And back Barry Allen, which is <laughs> on that his is way to tanking, tanking. too. Yes. So. Which, which brings up an important issue, which is, you know, just because they pull the creative team off of it doesn't mean that it's then going to succeed, even with a superstar writing team now, or I sh- writer. I should say that... Um, the exception of that would be the rebooted Blue Beetle by Raphael Albuquerque and who was the um, who was the other person on that one, Matthew? Do you remember the team on that? Not Matthew Sturgis. This was before he took over. Um, gosh. Cully Hamner. Okay. That one really started off in a different kind of way. And it went, I went about three issues, and then we saw kind of a slump and people were like, I'm not really sure that this Blue Beetle is going to work. And everybody said, oh, just hold on for three more issues. And in those next three issues, things got interesting. And then the next three issues, things got more interesting until we went however many issues that that went. A great run, 
before they decided to switch to uh, Matt Sturgis writing uh, Blue Beetle. And then things kind of went downhill from there, not necessarily because of Matt Sturgis, but I think because of price increases and some other things that were going on. And it not being a quote-unquote, air quotes, first-tier comic. Right, and I think that hurt it as well. But, you know, for people that stuck with the Raphael Albuquerque, and again, I forget the other person who was working on that, that run was totally awesome. Just like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you watch that first season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and you're going, what the F? And then all of a sudden season two hits and you're like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. I'm glad I stuck around for it. So there are some times when it might be in the best interest to stick around, but I kind of agree with Rodrigo, man. If something is really tanking and people are up in arms and and mailing poo-smeared copies of the issue back to Marvel, then maybe it's time to make a change. I disagree. I disagree entirely. Okay, go ahead. Lionel, you should should do all the art for every comic book. It is not It is not the responsibility of the creator to answer to the whims of the readers. Mm-hmm. The creator's job is to create something interesting. Right. And if the readers don't like it, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not good. That doesn't even mean that it's not going to sell. Right. What that means is that people are passionate about it. It means that people have opinions about characters and about stories and things that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean should... necessarily that the 13-issue Bart Allen run as Flash was horrific? No, no, it doesn't. It may not have been good, but what came right after it was just as bad, if not worse, because there was no thought process behind it. There was no creative impetus behind it. There was a, oh, my God, look what we did. We irritated the fans. Quick, give them something they'll love. But there wasn't mm-hmm. enough creativity or thought process behind it to really fly that particular balloon. Yeah. So by the time we got there, Flash was, you know, damaged and then double damaged by, you know, questionable decisions across the board. A revamp can be more damaging to a character than a bad incarnation. Witness Blade. Blade was huge in what, 1999, 2000? Mm-hmm. And Blade was relaunched like five times in four years. And each time there was a new twist and a new hook. And each time it sold a few less copies. And we're at the point now where Blade doesn't have any creative cachet left. They went back to the well one time too often. Mm -hmm. They hit that panic button and they went, oh, crap. And whoever (laughs) may have enjoyed, oh, crap, now is, is, is irritated. We're at the point where, you know, oh, well, let's reset it again. Oh, that didn't work. Let's reset it again. It turns out Psylocke is not just a telepathic cyborg, half-Asian ninja from another dimension whose brother was given powers by Merlin. Oh, no, no, no. She can also She's move through shadows. She's actually a time-traveling, extra-dimensional telepathic cyborg ninja with magic tattoos who almost slept with Warren Worthington, only not. And her powers have changed so many times that even I don't know what they are. Is she awesome yet? Do you love her yet? Nope. Okay. <laughs> uh, to go back to Blue Beetle really quick. Uh, Blue Beetle was initially written by Keith Giffen and John Rogers uh, with artist Cully Hammer. And then Cully Giffen, Hamner. Hamner. When he left uh, on issue 10, uh, Rogers took over full time with Raphael Albuquerque, not the vice president of, um, of the Dominican Republic. Every time artist. you say Raphael Albuquerque, I just hear Weird Al in my head going, <laughs> Albuquerque, 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 Albuquerque. Albuquerque. I said A, A L, L, B, B, U, U, Q, Kirky. Kirky! 
Um, yeah, so that was Phil Askew's question. All right, somebody has been saying we haven't been doing enough uh, Random Thought Theater. Word so, Association. Word Association Theater. Yes. So let's do a really quick, before we get out of here, just another one, because I guess apparently people I'm, enjoyed this. I'm not caffeinated Ten minutes. enough. Ten minutes. <laughs> Rodrigo is not caffeinated. You know, last time we said we were going to do a short one, and that thing went 25 minutes. Well, it so was short, though. Let's do a short round Lightning you round. Said short round. <laughs> okay. No time for love, Dr. Jones. No time for word association theater. Steven leads with short round. Uh, Matthew this time. Oh, am I leading? Yeah, I'll, I lead it with short round, then to you, and then to Rodrigo. We'll go around. Oh, the other I don't way. like going backwards. Ah, sorry. I don't want to serve to Rodrigo. That's okay, how we're fine. Doing this one. Short round? Yes. Short fuse. Ghostbusters. Uh, Slimer. Ghost. Swayze. Oh, uh, uh, Bruce Willis. Hudson Hawk. Hawk and Dove. Uh, Captain Adam. Charlton. Chew. Mm. Image Comics. Derivative. Math. <laughs> Algebra. Gibberish. Dungeons and Dragons. World of Warcraft. Sock pooper. <laughs> sea serpent. The world is flat. For the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky. The Elder Gods. Philip Jose Farmer. Bauer. 24. 15. Ryan Reynolds. Daredevil. Green Lantern. Guy Gardner. Plans vs. Zombies. Vidya Games. The WIBWF. Tecmo. Roboto. Hipmo. Hypnotoad. <laughs> Bender. Rodriguez. Rafael. Albuquerque. New Mexico. Desert. Horny Toad. Steven. Mika Tan. <laughs> oh, let's go with, a what's her name? Asa, Asa Akira? Asia Akira? Tetsuo! <laughs> Canada. America's Hat. <laughs> Document. Passport. Oh, Journey to Adventure. Journey to Babel. The Bible. Creative Fiction. Batman. Batmite. Bathound. Crypto. Streaky. 
<laughs> Power girl. Topless. Bar. Hmm. Lawyer. Ted. Gonzo. Kermit. Blooper. Bob Saget. Full House. Vomit. Janitor. <clears throat> Toilet Brush. Unsanitary. Subway. Eat Fresh. Eat Death. Death to the Infidel. Conan. O'Brien. Late Night. Boring Television. More Than Just That. <laughs> More Than This. Kevin, what's his name? Kevin Sullivan. Solomon Grundy. Fair, uh, poems. Mother Goose. Mother Goose poems. Jack and Jill. Tension. Ten Hut. Bamboo. Bamboozle. Spike Lee. Volcano. Mr. Furious. WWE. Triple H. Halfling. Tattoo. Hervé Villachez. Happy Days. The Fonz. Jewish. Mazel Tov. Happy New Year. Baby New Year. Baby God back. <laughs> Music that I listened to in the 80s. Crap. Compost. Yeah. Where I lived growing up. The Plains. Magic. Oh. Cards. Gambling. Alcohol. Things I do when I go to Las Vegas. Prostitute. Things I do when I go to Vegas. Hey, you skip. Oh, me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Prostitute. one point for somebody. Prostitute. Um, I say that uh, we just call this like this is a negative, negative word game? association. Yeah, man. So minus one, Stephen. Minus one, Stephen. <laughs> the first one to get to minus three points <laughs> loses. <laughs> All right, Stephen, you have the sir. I was joking seriously on that one. I was uh, Rodrigo. <laughs> uh, so Mrs. It, uh, Schleicher, he so was really joking. Matthew's, uh, Matthew's turn. I believe you have the serve because you effed it up. I didn't mess it up. I was making a joke. Oh. There is no place for humor in this podcast. Apparently not. Good hey, lord. We... Here we go. Three, two, one. Denver.
omelet. Spam. Hawaii. Pineapple. King. Volcano. Kirk. Spock. Green Naked Ladies. Thing Steven does in Vegas. Sleep. Uh, Things that I don't do enough of. Basic grooming. (laughs) (laughs) Primates. Oh, boy. Salina Zoo, or whatever that place is called. Giraffe. Rap. Hmm. LL Cool J? Helmet. Dark. Vengeance! Lame. (laughs) Major Spoilers Podcast. (laughs) I was going to say, what Matthew says all the time. (laughs) Ah, podcast. Uh, um, Radio. Edit. Bay. Oh, Baywatch. Watch band. Rubber band. Music from the 70s. The night Chicago died. 25 or 624. <laughs> uh, 624. <laughs> Please. 787. Six one nine, seventy five, seventy seven, nineteen thirty nine. Walter Cronkite. The Cookie. Sesame Street. Electrical Outlet. The Electric Company. Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo Shrimp. Shrimp Scampi. You tell them I will beat you like a bad, bad donkey. <laughs> Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Bird. Hmm, swallow. Make a tent. <laughs> ah. uh, my tie. Oh, good one. Um, my shirt. Coach. Married with children. Mm, David Fastino. Assassin. Olivia Dabo. Oh, Wonder Years. Winnie Cooper. The answer we were looking for is Danica Patrick. Rodrigo. Uh, Danica Patrick. I was trying to think of the kids' names. Kevin. I think she's now a race driver, isn't she? No, that's... Danica Patrick is the race driver. Danica... uh, What's her name? Danica McKellar or whatever her name is. She's still an actress. There you go. Hmm. All right. Rodrigo serves. Okay. Um... We got one more round, then we gotta go. All right. That well, a, we're actually getting too good at this. Yeah, we're we're just keeping it going for too long. We need to start like totally throwing curveballs. Okay. Yep. 
So we'll start with curveball. <laughs> Baseball. Injury. Indians. Tom Hawk Chop. Injury. Ah. <laughs> All right. Matthew. What? Matthew oh, serves. Yep. Rock Lobster. B-52s. Tin Roof. Rested. Pregnant. The Omen. <laughs> Doggy. Style. DJ. Hmm. House music. Beat. Doug. Brower. Hissy fit. <laughs> Samurai pizza cats. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Michelangelo. Sistine Chapel. Da Popa. Tom Lennon. John Lennon. Leningrad. Lemon Curry. Ann Curry. Adam Curry? Curried rice. And rice. Vampire. Vampiro. Vampirella. Space alien. Monster. Evolution. Revolution. Degeneration X. Crotch chop. God. Suzuki. Katana. Leonardo. Mm. Mona Lisa? Enigmatic. Sleepy. Time for the show to end. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for listening to our crazy ramblings as we fill up time. I know some of you enjoy it. Some of you already turned off 10 I minutes ago. I love fill up time's work on uh, the Discworld trilogy. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will be back on Tuesday. Remember, we will be talking about The Surrogates, which is kind of a prequel to the movie. It's this At awesome least... story about women who have babies for other women. Yes, that is what it is. And we will do that next time because we know that you love comics, and we do too. And sometimes we just throw out random words. Yep. Marlon Spike. Marlon Wayans. Damon Wayans. Keenan Ivory Wayans. We're done. <laughs> Hollywood Shuffle. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a 
a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Stark Raven reads like a man of iron. Might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun, being the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler. Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.